630 Chad presents The Elks This Week. A close-up look at the Elks and the Canadian Football League. Every week, we take you inside the game. From the voice of the Edmonton Elks, 630 Chad. Here's Morley Scott. Good Saturday morning, football fans. Coming up on the show today, Aaron Grimes is back for our NFL picks. We'll break down the AFC and the NFC Championship games, which are scheduled to go tomorrow. Uh, We'll start today's show, though, with part two of my conversation with Elks President and CEO, Victor Kui. If you missed part one, you can catch up at 630Ched.com on the Elks page. In part two, we start talking about the Elks promo to start the season, the guaranteed win ticket. For the first game this season against Saskatchewan on June 11th, if you purchased one of the selected tickets for that game and the Elks don't end their record-setting 17-game home losing streak, you get the same seat at the next home game for free, and that will continue until you see the Elks win a home game. Victor says the promo went over pretty well. The response from fans was actually outstanding. We, we had a lot of ticket sales. I don't know the exact number, but it was surprisingly more than, than I thought. And support from people and fans and media was, you know, was, was great. I think how I look at it is I, I don't want to shy or bury my head in the sand about, about what our record is. It is what it is. That's what we did. We, we failed to deliver a home win. And I could pretend it didn't happen, or I could just embrace it and acknowledge that, okay, that's our past. It's not what we want, and it's not what we're trying to do for the future. And look, we're willing to let you know how hard we're trying. Obviously, if we don't win on that first game and we and the fans come back, that's a, a ticket loss of revenue for us. So the pressure is on us, right? So I want fans to know, like, we, we are working hard and accept this pressure as a challenge to, to deliver the wins. I got to ask you, you phone up Chris Jones. You say, here's what we're planning to do. What was his reaction? Oh, yeah, he was all for it. He was all for it. He's like, no problem. We're, we're delivering a win. Like, and that's what I love about sports is you have to have a team in place and leaders that, re- that believe victory is achievable every single game. And that, I mean, that's the approach that you have to have. If you start looking at it and you're looking to not win for whatever, of course, there's the reality of things, but the, of, of where you are in the season, et cetera, et cetera. But you want to have leadership that believes at the start of every game that there is a possibility that we can win this. The Golden Bear game coming back this year? Um, we had discussions, and I don't know if it's going to work with the schedule that we that we currently have with what they've got. We're working hard to do something so that we can continue this tradition, um, uh, but we haven't finalized that yet. Uh, season seats. Um, we've seen so much, and, and you talked about the negativity on social media that you see. We've you know we've seen so much about people who were upset and didn't want to renew and weren't going to renew. How has that process gone? And and what kind of uh, attack do you take uh, when you got fans who don't want to come back? Well, I, fans that don't want to come back, that's their right. And that means we have failed to show value. I think it's not on them. It's on us as an organization. Um, we took the top 500 people that opted not to renew as a season seat holder. Or maybe, sorry, I think it was, I think it was 250, the first 250. 
I'm no, no. I, I take that back. It was 500 people over the last two years that opted not to renew as season ticket holders, and we took that list and we split it up between uh, Giroy, you know, football operations, the leadership, and our entire leadership team here, and and myself. And I personally called those people, and we called them not to try to give them a, a hard sell. That wasn't the goal. Uh, I called and I said, I understand that you're not renewing, but I want to thank you for your support as a season ticket holder. I really, because of you, in our tough times in the past, and your support, that's why we're able to survive and where we are today. I'd love for you to renew, but I know that you haven't. And I want you to just know that we're working hard to improve so that we can earn back their trust and their support and loyalty as a fan. Um, and that's it. And then we talk and, you know, some people say, well, I don't want to come back because it's too disheartening of seeing our losses. And some people just say, well, I, I've moved, you know, or um, a lot of the feedback was we are still a fan, but we've, we, the way our family travels now, a season, ticket, a season ticket doesn't make sense. We want to buy, you know, three games or a pack of six games and that's more what they're looking at and they're willing to give up their premium seat because they know that they can't make it to all 10 games because they're spending more time out at the lake uh, how much of a concern level is it for you with with season seats right now and people not renewing or new sales not going the way you want them uh, I don't I know you're not you don't want to give any numbers and stuff but just what's your mindset with that our season ticket holder sales actually have been quite positive the renewals have been um, surprisingly positive for you know this what should be a lull period of, of November, December, January. Um, I, I think that it, we have to see what the, this year is going to play out. And I don't believe personally that the change in consumer habits in 2022 post-pandemic, I don't believe that to be an anomaly. I, and that we're in 2023 going to go back to what we did in 2019, 2018. I believe that we are heading into a reset of a new norm that, you know, people are saying that of, of spending habits. Now, I don't know exactly what that could be. I think maybe anecdotally, I am seeing people say that my family can't commit to 10 games a year anymore because we spend time in Florida or Las Vegas or we take a little bit of a longer holiday to now and hop on West. Jet and, and, and fly for $100 to Los Angeles, whatever it might be. So I, I think anecdotally I, I am seeing that. But um, season ticket holders are always going to be a foundation for the organization and a priority for us to deliver a unique experience um, and extra value. So the big the big change that we're doing this year is the quarterback club is going to have a separate entrance and that separate entrance is reserved only for season ticket holders and when they come into that room there will be a customer service agent a physical person not a, a computer voice you know but a physical person that they can talk to we can hand out information they can you know, any issues they have with their seats or tickets or parking or whatever it might be. And in that quarterback club, deliver a unique experience that's exclusive to our season ticket holders. Are you feeling pretty good about this offseason so far? Um, I know, obviously, you as you mentioned, you get some announcements that are coming up soon and you're going to make uh, more changes and stuff. Uh, but where are you, what are you feeling right now? Uh, I'm excited that we have a team and an organization that is renewed with hope and excited about 2023. Every Everybody was realized at 22 we had to go through all these changes, and now we're we're getting ready for 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 23. So I think 
in general feeling quite optimistic about it. Um, we've, we were dealt some really tough challenges right away in December with the loss of uh, Christian Salisbury and that has impacted our entire organization. He was uh, a locker room leader very noticeable and fan favorite. People knew him and, and his unique story. And he was active with the entire organization and interacted with a lot of our staff. So his loss was felt by the entire organization. And we're still going through this period of of mourning and understanding, you know, how we deal with this loss. So it was a difficult period to start off the, uh, the off season. The positive, the silver lining that I, I bring out of that is that his this tragedy united our 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 organization much stronger. We realized uh, what's valuable to us, valuable you know of friends and family and and your colleagues and also just like how in a crisis we all come together to to work together and support each other. Have you uh, made a decision yet on how you're going to honor him in uh, 2023? We've talked with his family and his mother of what we want to do. We're sharing some ideas, uh, you know, uh, of everything from just just a bunch of ideas. We haven't landed on what it is yet, and um, so we'll we'll do that. The funeral was just this Saturday, so I'd say things are still a little bit fresh for us as an organization, and but in the next couple of weeks this will be something we we decide on victor i appreciate your time thanks for for the catch up and uh good luck with uh, what lies ahead for you and the organization the rest of this off season fantastic i'm looking forward to a great year coming up the news of the week and aaron grimes in his nfl picks i'm morley scott you're listening to the elks this week on 6 30 chet now more football talk on the elks this week Here's Morley Scott on the voice of the Edmonton Elks, 630 Chad. The biggest CFL news this past week came from Hamilton. Hamilton Tiger Cats and quarterback Bo Levi Mitchell agreed to a three-year contract. Bo will not go to free agency now in February. And he also hopes to help the Tiger Cats end their long Grey Cup drought at home. This organization has done it done it right. They've been at the top a lot. Obviously, I've played them in a Grey Cup. They've competed for a lot of Grey Cups these last couple of years. Um, and uh, I just want to, you know, hopefully be, be a guy that can help get the Grey Cup finally here and actually in this building. Hamilton is hosting this year's Grey Cup in November. The Elks signed linebacker Niles Morgan to a two-year contract extension covering 23 and 24. He was the Elks' top rookie nominee back in 2021, but last year had injury issues that derailed his season. He only played six games, but man, he made an impact in those six games. 41 tackles. That led the league. 6.8 tackles per game. Defensive back Ed Ganey signed a deal just over a week ago. He talked with Dave Campbell about coming back for year two in green and gold and having to wait this deep into the offseason to get a deal done. It's just a game of, of patience. You know, you got to play that waiting game and, uh, you know, try to make try not to make it all about you. But, you know, you, 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 you get kind of antsy and kind of... Uh, get a little bit of anxiety waiting for those calls. But, uh, yeah, like I say, we were able to get something done. Um, and, you know, I just want to come out here, do what I can for the team, try to get a, get a ring before, you know, I'm all said and done with this football thing. You know, a common theme that I'm hearing from uh, a few players that I've talked to is, yeah, the, the losses were tough, you know, 4-14 and 14 season. No one, no one likes that at all. But it seemed that 
the consensus is later in the season, even though the wins weren't coming, people are saying that's when players were starting to kind of get it and you started to see more of the gelling. And unfortunately, you had to wait that long for it to happen. And there was obviously a lot of instability and a lot of injuries with the roster. But did you sense that as well, that the the, the process, the structure, the, the, the program, that it was starting to take shape late in the year? Uh, yeah, for sure. You know, I mean, like you said, it took long enough for – those type of things that begin to happen. But uh, I just credit to some of the young guys and some of the guys that's actually been here that, you know, they just kind of stepped up and said enough is enough. Uh, you know, uh, they made themselves stand out from, you know, guys, I guess, who were kind of, you know, just coming into work and going through the motions. Uh, mm-hmm. So uh, I feel like, you know, we got a lot of new faces that are going to contribute to us, you know, uh, Going into the future, a lot of guys that stepped up, like uh, TC, the uh, quarterback, and a lot of other guys as well. Dylan Mitchell, you know, a, whole, a lot of guys on offense. And uh, But, you know, uh, I just feel like the team is coming together. You know, we're starting to get an identity for ourselves. And I feel like uh, guys are starting to see that, you know, we're, we're building a good foundation here. And you know, I mean, it's it's gonna be on us to to make everybody else, you know, believers. But I feel like in house, you know, we're we're starting to believe in ourselves that much more. To hear the complete interview with Ed Ganey, head to six thirty chat dot com and the Elks page. We move to the NFL now on the Elks this week, and as he's been doing for the last several weeks throughout the NFL playoffs, defensive back of the Elks, Aaron Grimes, joins us uh, to talk about the the playoff games which are coming up uh, this weekend. Uh, no games today. Games will go only on Sunday now with uh, the two championship games tomorrow and the Super Bowl coming up in a couple of weeks' time. Uh, Aaron, here's the numbers. You went two for four last week. You got KC uh, in Philadelphia, right? You were wrong on Buffalo and Dallas. Uh, you are five for 10 overall. Uh, I'm seven for 10. I was three for four. I got Buffalo wrong uh, on the weekend. So you got a little catching up to do, my friend. Uh, just a, a little. I mean, five and 10 is, that's only good in baseball. And we ain't playing baseball right now. That is true. All right. Well, you got a chance to make up some ground uh, this weekend. Although uh, me and you seem to think alike uh, a lot of this. We haven't picked very many opposite teams very often when we did, when we did have done it, uh, my team's won. So that's kind of the difference in our scores uh, right now, as we head into the, uh, the AFC and the NFC championship NFC game goes first uh, tomorrow, San Francisco 49ers at the Philadelphia Eagles. I know your daughter doesn't cheer for the Eagles, but uh, as you told us last week, but, uh, but you are, uh, you were on the Eagles bandwagon. You said, uh, look at this game. The first thing that jumps out to me uh, for this game is defense, right? I don't know if this game is going to hit the over or not. Uh, I, I don't see much chance. I think it's going to go under because these are two really good defenses. Uh, top two of the four left and top two in the league this year as far as yards given up per game. So uh, it's going to be hard to score points, I think, in this one. I agree. I think we're going to be able to see a nice defensive battle, which is uh, right up my alley. Those are the games that most people call boring, and I say this is a hell of a game, <laughs> you know, watching those two defenses battle it out and, you know, seeing who's going to win the time of possession there. Um, but that'll be uh, – that'll that's my must-watch uh, game this weekend. Maybe I got a little bit of uh, emotion reasoning going into that as well. And you're calling? 
I'm taking the Eagles. I think the Eagles take that one away. Like you said, a great defensive battle on both sides, but I have to go with uh, Jalen Hurts and that Eagles offense to edge out, you know, uh, Purdy, which is funny because I've been, I've been like, man, this guy Purdy's going to run out of luck eventually. I don't think it's luck, man. That dude's good. Um, but he's playing with a lot of weapons as well and a great defense, right? So, I think the clock's going to strike midnight for Brock Purdy. I mean, uh, he's been on a great run. The 49ers have been on a great run. They've won 12 in a row coming into this. I just I just can't take Brock Purdy over Jalen Hurts in this game. So I'm going with the uh, with the Eagles as well. So uh, I think it'll be a good game, though. If San Francisco's going to have success, it's going to be because Christian McCaffrey can, can pile up some yards. Uh, the Eagles, maybe their Achilles heel on defense the last uh, week and a, last month and a half, they've been giving up over a hundred yards on the ground, which is going to cost you eventually if you can't, uh, if you can't shore that up. Well, especially, you know, like you said, Christian McCaffrey, obviously the jack of all trades, and they also have Debo Samuel, right? And then you sit there and go, okay, how do we focus on all of our attention on these two weapons they have? And then, and then in comes George Kittle, right? So, you know, they're definitely going to have their hands full, um, but it's the NFC Championship. You know, what else do you expect? Your hands are going to be full. I just don't see uh, – I see Jalen Hurts, you know, really making a name for himself and, uh, and coming out with the dub with this one. All right, so we're both on the Eagles in the NFC game. The AFC game is the second game of the day tomorrow. Uh, as much as uh, the NFC game is about defense, the AFC game is going to be about offense with these two quarterbacks. And I guess the first question, and as we tape this, we haven't got a lot of information yet, but uh, the first question and probably the biggest storyline leading up to this game is Patrick Mahomes' ankle. If you immobilize him, like, oof, I don't know that. That could change. That might be why I think Cincinnati might be favored right now, and it could be because of the health of Patrick Mahomes. It's basically a, a pick'em at this stage. I think I think uh, KC gets a one-point advantage just because they're at home, uh, where they okay. lost this game last year to Joe Burrow and and the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, Mahomes, if you take away his his athleticism and his ability to run around, you really you really take away a big part of his game. So I think that, however, how mobile he is will probably determine how successful they are on offense. And and he looked bad in that game. Like I mean, he was hopping around. He was in a lot of yeah. pain last week. Absolutely, and you know he'll have a week, obviously, of treatment, and you know, Lord only knows what type of freezing and and medication they can give before the game to obviously help, but there's only so much you can do, right? We're still human. Um, and an injured Patrick Mahomes is still an all-star. I just don't know that he is the same guy that we know who's throwing no-look passes while rolling out to his left. And Patrick Mahomes, healthy, is 0-3 against Joe Burrow uh, in his career. So that's something to think about, too, whether he's healthy or not. The uh, the Cincinnati Bengals are a, a pretty good football team. They're on a roll. Uh, Joe Burrow has been uh, has been fun to watch. Uh, he's a guy. He's he's got a little attitude. Uh, he's got a little chip on his shoulder for some reason, and he just he just plays good football. And he's a guy that that's been a good leader and uh, has had a good run here in the playoffs. And like I say, he's three and zero against Mahomes. Can he make it four and zero? I'm glad. I'm glad that we shifted over and started talking about uh, Joe Burrow because this game is is more than just Patrick Mahomes and the injury he's dealing with because. Joe Burrow is a bad boy. And I know he looks, you know, like Macaulay Culkin still, uh, but he's a bad boy, you know, uh, under center. So uh, also Joe Mixon, 
I'm watching him run that ball, man. He is a force to be reckoned with right now. Running DBs over, like, I'm like, man. You know, Jamar Chase, that's a good team in Cincinnati. And they are not coming in thinking uh, – they're bringing cigars for sure. I'm calling for Cincinnati to win this one. I think uh, the uh, the the fact that uh, that uh, Mahomes I think will be limited because he can't be 100 percent after that. I mean, there's guys who miss a couple of months with that injury, like and, and right. to come back and play at the Temple uh, and the ability you need to win an uh, an AFC Championship game. I don't know if he'll have it. Uh, and I, 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 as much as I'm a Steelers fan, so I hate the Bengals and I hate the Browns and I hate everybody <laughs> in that conference. But as much as I hate the Bengals. I got to pick them to win, I think. You know, I, I'm upset that you picked the Bengals because I need you to go opposite of me so I can try to catch up. Uh, but I think the Bengals win this game as well. Um, if, if Patrick Mahomes was 100% healthy, I, I'd choose the Chiefs just to try to get one game closer to, <laughs> to how far apart we are. But I don't see – I see the Bengals, you know, walking away with this one. All right. Aaron Grimes, thanks for your time. As always, it's been fun. Thank you. I appreciate it. Our complete take on tomorrow's playoff games in the NFL at 630ched.com on the Elks page. Next week, Aaron and I will set up the Super Bowl. Thanks to Aaron, Ed Ganey, and Victor Kui. I'm Morley Scott, back with more football talk in seven days on the Elks this week on 630ched. C-H-E-D, 630-CHAD, Edmonton's News, today's talk. On air, online, on your smart speaker, and on the Radio Player Canada app, a chorus entertainment radio station. Canada may be known for its landscapes and friendly people, but beneath the surface lies a darker side of crime, history, and the paranormal. Since 2017, the award-winning Dark Poutine podcast has explored the shadowy corners of the Great White North and beyond, delivering chilling tales from a uniquely Canadian perspective. Hosted by Mike Brown and Matthew Stockton with over 300 episodes and fresh releases every Monday, Dark Poutine is your weekly ticket to the creepier side of Canada. Listen to Dark Poutine on Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts.